Company. I am your host, Matt LePan. This week, we're once again joined by Phil Valpy. Phil, welcome back. Welcome, Matt. Today, Phil's going to go over something, getting back to the basics a little bit here, as Phil's received a lot of calls on electrical problems and testing electrical circuits correctly within your HVAC equipment. So Phil's going to take you through some of those proper testing procedures and heating and cooling equipment. Most of the calls that we take here at the SG Tourist Company in the relate to electrical issues with the HVAC units. Now we have rooftop air conditioners, furnaces, condensing units, air handlers, and they all have some type of electrical motor bearing unit or contactors or relays. And we take a lot of calls that the customer has to test for line voltage, low voltages and things, and they're not they're not really sure of how to do it. So let's we're just gonna go over a few little basics about how to test it. The first and most basic thing is you have to have an electrical meter. Electrical meter, you know, a good electrical meter shouldn't cost a lot of money and you can spend lots of money on them, but it should have on it AC volt scale, hopefully up to about 600 volts, a DC volt scale, hopefully again up to 600 volts, an amp scale or for measuring amperage, probably up to 100 amps or so. It should have a ohm scale, and the ohm scale should be somewhere from zero to a hundred thousand ohms. There, that one is a little tougher because they click through that meter because there are little resistances and big resistances. But we need a, a good ohm meter. We also need DC amps, and a lot of times we call that micro amps. The micro amps we use in furnaces. We'll get to that in, in that in a minute. So if you get a meter, most of the meters that you get that are halfway decent have all of those scales on them. The other thing that everybody forgets about is most of the new equipment that we have has printed circuit boards on it. And printed circuit boards have little Molex connectors with little tiny wires on them that the meter leads that come with regular meters don't fit into. So as part of your electrical kit, you should spend 15 to $20 and buy the little tiny needle nose points that fit on your meters. They're, it's, it's kind of a one size fits all. You just buy the, the little bag, it's got the meters in, and they are very sharp. They draw blood, they are that sharp. So they come in really handy with all of the new electronic equipment, including, you know, all your mini splits have all these, and, and a lot of our new rooftop equipment has these. So let's go along with the most common question, or the most common problem that we see with our equipment, and that is the 24 volt circuit not having 24 volts. Every technician, when he walks into a job, whether it's a furnace, an air conditioner, a rooftop, anything, should have his meter, and he should measure the 24 volt circuit in it. It can be done in various spots. On a furnace, it can be from R to common. On an air handler, it can be from R to common. On a rooftop, it could be from across the transformer leads. So when the manufacturer sends this unit out, they put a transformer in it to transformer line voltage down to 24 volts, which is the, the control circuit that we use in the United States to pull in relays and cause the capacity and relays cause the contactors. A true 24 volt reading is around 26 and a half volts. So when you put your meter on from R to common, 
we normally expect to see 25, 25, 26, 26 and a half volts. It can go up to 30, it can go down to 24. If you see less than 24 volts, you have to make an adjustment to the transformer taps. When we're dealing with 208 and 240 volts, the 208 tap is not used from the factory. The factory must send the equipment out for the highest voltage that it's going to see. So a 208, 240 unit comes through on the 240 volt tap. Three-phase equipment is all 208 and there is some 208 volts, you know, in other areas. So a unit that comes through with a transformer on the 240 volt tap that is fed 208 volts will only put out about 23, 23 and a half volts on a good day to the transformer. When you test it, you won't see a good voltage and you'll know, oh, I gotta move the tap from the 240 volt side to the 208 volt side. Simple to do and I've seen units that it's been sitting there for years running on 240 when it should have been on 208. What happens is when you feed less than 24 volts to all these printed circuit boards, they get warmer and warmer, and the resistors, dials, little capacitors, everything on it tend to overheat. And when that happens, the boards burn out. It may take years, but that's what we're going to do. So when you go on to any job, you should put your meter on AC volts and see 24 volts or better. Hopefully it's, as we said, 25, 26, 26 and a half. Let's go to furnaces for a minute. We have a 24 volt circuit, but we also have a circuit on there that proves the flame. And that's our microamp circuit. So your meter that you bought should have a microamp scale on it. It looks like a little upside down U with a tail on it. And you put your meter on microamps and you put your meter in series with the flame sensor wire. What that means is you take one end of your meter and put it onto the flame sensor. The other end you put on the wire you removed from the flame sensor so the electricity that would have gone through the flame sensor goes through the meter and measures microamps. These microamps usually have to be above one microamp and average around three and a half microamps. When it drops below one microamp, the flame is not seen and it will lock the gas in a cell. There really is no such thing as too many microamps, but three and a half is normal. If it's in the middle, like one and a half or two, you probably have a dirty flame sensor, and that's how you check it with your microamp meter. You get 1.5 volts, you clean it, it goes up to three, you had a dirty flame sensor. Once you clean a flame sensor, you should replace it. Okay, so that's the microamps. How about just straight old voltage? We've got a lot of equipment out there that's 110, 120 volts, 208, 240, 460 volts. We want to make sure when you are measuring the voltage coming in to the unit that you measure from the line to line. Now on 220 volts, it's line one to line two. On three phase, you go line one to line two, line two to line three, and line one to line three, so you will have three voltages. Never assume the correct voltage to ground is, is, is a good reading. Meaning if you go from line one to ground, or line two to ground, line three to ground, that doesn't prove that you have good voltage. That just proves that you have a good ground. So anytime you're checking voltage on a piece of equipment, make sure you go directly across the line. If it's a 110 volt unit, go from line to neutral. And again on 460, go from line one to line two, you'll get 460, etc. So that's, that's voltage. So 
Please don't go to ground as a do-all, be-all for that. You have to go across the line for that. Now amperage, when we're measuring amperage, the amp meter may be a separate meter, it may be on your meter, it may not, but it is a clamp that goes around a wire. We like that amperage meter to go around on a piece of 110 volt equipment, the common wire. The common wire carries as much amperage as everything else, so if you put it around one wire, you may see four, five, six, seven, eight amps, up to 30 or 40 amps if it's a compressor. Do not put it around two wires. Readings that are taken when you clamp your meter around two wires cancel each other out and you'll get zero. So you must put it around either the speed wire or the common. We choose the common because it's much easier. Now a lot of the mini splits have a DC voltage requirement. Most of these have a power board that takes somewhere in the vicinity of 240 volts in and it makes it into three to four hundred volts DC. You want to check the DC voltage. So to check the DC voltage you're going to put your meter to DC, get your leads out and you may need your needle leads because some of these mini splits it's on a Molex connector that doesn't have a lot of wire showing on it and you put it in and usually these boards are going to see somewhere in the vicinity of 300 volts DC. That's how all these mini splits power up their boards with say 300 volts DC. So they take the 208-240 AC voltage, put it through this power board and make 300 volts DC and that powers up a lot of the equipment. Now the last thing I want to talk about is resistance. Resistance we call ohms. A lot of thermistors in things that measure temperature have a resistance value. Resistance values can go anywhere from a half or one ohm all the way up to a hundred thousand ohms. A compressor winding is usually between one, two, three, four, five ohms in that area there. So if you go from the common to start, common to run, start to run, you're going to read a resistance reading and it's going to be a small number. If you have a what we call a 10K sensor, a lot of manufacturers use a 10K sensor to measure outdoor temperature or space temperature, that's a 10,000 ohm reading at 77 degrees and it's reverse acting. That means as it gets colder, the resistance goes up. So if it's 10,000 at 70 degrees, as it goes down towards zero, it may go up towards 40, 50, 60,000 ohms. Or if it gets up to 100, 110 degrees, it'll go down to three or 4,000 ohms. So you'll need a chart when you're doing thermistors like that. So we went over 24 volts, microamps, uh, DC voltage, amperage, and ohms. Just remember, the meter is only as good as who's using it. Thanks, Phil, and that's great advice. Make sure you're out there, and if you have any questions, ask them. You know, you're not gonna learn. A lot of our seasoned vets out there who are listening, this is old hat to you, but for a lot of the newer folks in the industry, if you have questions, ask them because, like Phil said, your testing equipment's only going to get you so far if you don't know what you're doing with it. I want to thank Phil again for coming on, getting us back to the basics here. I want to thank you all out there for tuning in. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find us. You can stream us on TuneIn Radio and iHeartRadio. Make sure to follow along on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Use the hashtag Taurus Tech Talk. And as always, you can catch all of our podcasts on our website, sgtaurus.com backslash podcasts. I want to thank you again for tuning in. See you next week on Taurus Tech Talk.